So um, today we're continuing on our message series, uh, Broken and Beautiful. I'm going to open up in a quick word of prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to uh, gather together online um, as we have roads are a little treacherous today. I do pray for those that are out on the roads that you'll keep them safe. For those of us that need to travel today, just pray you'll keep us safe as we travel. But Father, as we uh, take this moment to dedicate a few minutes to you, I just pray that you'll prepare our hearts, prepare our minds to hear from your word and to receive it and put it into action. In your holy and precious and awesome name, amen and amen. So, today we're continuing on in our series, Broken and Beautiful. Um, today we're talking about death is destroyed by life. Um, so, I've been trying to think about it this week, how I can really open up today's message, how I could really get this idea of, of talking, and talking about death isn't really fun. Um, so, I'm just going to kind of rip the band-aid off, if you will. I'm going to take a, here we're going to just jump in, and by the way, band-aids, if you're a hairy person, are not fun. They actually hurt quite a lot. So, we're going to talk about death, and you are going to die. I just said it, and if you need to log off, I apologize, but no, we're we're going to die at some point, um, and death isn't a fun topic to talk about, and when we think about it, it brings a flood of emotions and thoughts. Uh, death, does, death does visit us all, and because of that, we do need to talk about it, because we need to think about it, but not let it overwhelm us. We can't let death be one of those things that control us, and why is that? And, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. So, Broken. Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, the notes uh, Pastor Eric mentioned, and just literally as I was going to say it, but if you want the notes, they are on um, our elementlife.com, so you can follow along. So our the first our first point today is broken. Uh, life isn't fair, and we will die. Ecclesiastes 9, verses 11 and 12 read like this. Again, I saw that under the sun, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge. But time and chance happen to them all. For man does not know his time, like fish that are taken in an evil net, and like birds that are caught in a snare. So the children of men are snared at, at an evil time, and when it suddenly falls upon them. So I guess this is more of a, a two of a two broken things. You know, life isn't fair, and we will die. So we're going to talk about this a little bit. Ecclesiastes is a book written um, and is often credited to Solomon. And he writes as he's trying to work out everything that's going on in his life. He, he's taking the whole of his existence and he's trying to break it down in, in a sermon, if you will. In, in, in a, in a, in a bite-sized bite of, of what is actually going to go on as he's teaching this. And if you read the book of Ecclesiastes, um, it actually can be quite depressing because he spends so much time talking about how he feels that life has become meaningless. He feels that life is, is futile. Um, eventually he does switch it, but he spends a lot of time talking about that because when you look at it through the way he was looking at it, this is a man who literally had everything. This man had, um, he was the richest of the rich, he was the wisest of the wise. And yet here, when he boiled everything down and looking at it from a human perspective alone, when you look at it just through the eyes of humanity, everything was futile. Everything was meaningless. There wasn't anything really um, really to add or to gain, and he couldn't find it. He, he looked at it and he said, life ain't fair. And when you read this, you see it again. It's the idea, the idea that, that the fast should win the race, that the strong should win the battle, wise should 
they should want for nothing. And those with intelligence should be the richest and those with knowledge should be honored. And that isn't how our world works. Unfortunately, our world is, is, is finite and sin has twisted, making, not, making it not what God had intended for us. Um, I, I read this and, and I really like this idea. The book of, the book of Proverbs which is also credited, many of them are credited to Solomon, emphasized how we how life would go if everyone acted fairly. Ecclesiastes explained what usually happens in our sinful and imperfect world. So it's this idea that there's, it's the two sides of the coin. Um, this idea that, you know, life isn't fair, I, in, it's not as God intended. I read this passage and my mind runs back to a movie uh, that I saw a few years ago. And there was this line in this movie, uh, they're talking about one of the other characters and, and how he's not acting as he should. He's, he's, a, he's a soldier and he's not performing the duties that he's supposed to perform. And the one character looks at the other one trying to explain what's going on. And he says, his mind is broken. We broke it. And I think about that when I think about this world, when I think about the fact that it, there's so much pain, there's so much um, going on in this world that, that isn't fair, that we don't like. And that's because sin was brought into the world. And because sin was brought into this world, the world broke. It wasn't what God had intended. And that's why we struggle with this unfairness of life. That's why we struggle with the things that go on. Um, towards the end of this passage, he, he, he talks about death. And death comes for everyone. He, he compares it to a fish being caught in a net or a bird being caught in a trap. It's this, this idea that, that a fish is literally just swimming along and it doesn't know that the net is going to take it out of the water. Um, or if you've ever fished and you, you know, you're throwing in a worm and it thinks it's getting a free meal. Unfortunately, it's not. It's you know going to become your meal, possibly, if you eat fish. If not, catch and release, right? Um, but so at the end of this passage talks about death and how death comes for us all. And in the book of James, life is compared to a vapor. Um, you're here one moment and then it's gone the next. Death is not a thing that we can beat. Death isn't something that, that we're going to eventually outrun or outlast. Um, I mean, we try. Um, we try many things. There's people that have tried thousands of things, but we won't. Um, I, I like to think of it this way. Um, we're kind of built like Ferraris, and I know that you look at me and you think, yeah, Craig's built like a Ferrari. I know, I know, it's it's amazing thought, but really, I like I like to um, look and, and read about supercars, and Ferraris are incredible machines. There's literally thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of parts that have to work in harmony to produce a Ferrari, and, and I talk about a Ferrari because as a supercar, it has these high-end speeds. It's just that it's going so fast and it has all the these pressures going on it that have to happen for this to work. But the problem with a Ferrari is that it literally has to be maintained by professionals on a very frequent and on a very expensive basis. Um, I think on average, every uh, two to 400 miles, a Ferrari actually has to go back to the shop so that it can get worked on, so that it can have a tune-up because the movement of the pieces of a Ferrari are so, are, are so exquisite, are so intertwined that even the slightest adjustment can ruin the whole entire car. And that's what I think about us. I think about us as a bo our bodies are kind of like a Ferrari because the littlest thing can go out of whack and it can throw your whole body out of whack. 
And so this idea that one day we will pass away because our bodies are breaking down. We will die. And I keep hammering that, and I know that sounds really, really depressing. It's not meant to be. Because we do have hope. We do have something more. But because of the way sin entered this world, our bodies and our lives and this world doesn't work the way that God had intended it to. So going on from this, this idea of, of moving, moving on, that life isn't fair and we will die, what's the, what's the beautiful part? What's, what's the perspective that we should have? And the beautiful part is the enemy death is overcome by Jesus. The enemy death is overcome by Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 21 through 26 reads like this. For as a man came to came death, for as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all men die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his order. Christ the first fruits, first fruits, sorry, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom of to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And really that last little part is really kind of what we're going to jump into. It's this idea that the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And that's something to hold on to. That's something to celebrate. This is something to be happy. Is the, is, is the fact that, en that the last enemy will be destroyed and death will be destroyed. But we need to get there first. And the first part of this verse says... For as by a man came death, by a man came also the resurrection of the dead. This is talking about Adam and Jesus. The idea that because of the sin that Adam brought into this world, we all will die. We have to pay for that, pay, that, that sin that was brought in, that payment. But the flip side of that is because of Jesus, because of his death and resurrection, we have the hope of life. We have the hope of moving on. Of um, We have the, this hope of, of eternity. Uh, and we'll get on to that. But Paul reminds us as he's writing in 1 Corinthians, um, something important. Death is an enemy. Death is defeated, is a defeated enemy because of the work of Jesus. An enemy that will one day be destroyed. And therefore, an enemy we need no longer fear. But death is an enemy nonetheless. So what does this all mean and how do we apply this? Death is a real part of life, but death is also going to be destroyed. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, at the end of the chapter, Paul adds in, in verses uh, 54 through 57, when the perishable puts on imperishable and when mortal puts on immortality, then shall, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what Paul is trying to get us when he says that, that when he said earlier, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. What he's pointing to is that when the perishable us, when we put on immor the imperishable, when the mortal puts on immortality, when we, when we are died and are resurrected, and that's a whole, that's a whole discussion about how after we die and do that. But the, uh, the one thing I want you to get, or one thing I want to talk about really is this idea that because Jesus died and rose again. Because of that, we have hope. We do not have to fear death. Paul is almost taunting death here, in, in, in verbally. He's saying, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? He's saying that, that it's been swallowed up in victory, and that victory is because of Jesus dying and coming back to life, resurrecting. 
And because of this, Paul has no fear of death. And Paul isn't worried about it. And Paul lived his life that way, that he wasn't afraid to die because he knew what was on the other side. He knew that because of Jesus res resurrecting, we have eternal hope. And because of that, that's how he lived his life. You see, if it were not for Jesus, death still would have its sting. Um, it's this idea that... that if it were not for, if it, the sin is the sting of death, because of it, because of the sin, the sting is that death isn't just the end, there's the, you end up in hell. Let's just put it that way. The sting of death lay in this, that we had sinned and were summoned to appear before God, whom we had offended. This is the sting of death to you, unconverted ones. Not that you are dying, but after death is the judgment, and you must stand before the judge of the quick and the dead and receive a sentence for the sins which have committed in your body against him. Charles Spurgeon said that. So this is the idea that, that we need to have, we need to have hope. And the only way to have hope is through Jesus Christ. And it said earlier, that it said in the verse, that the power of sin is the law, which if you just read it on the face value, it doesn't make sense. But really, it is the law of God. And it's moral demands that strengthens the power of sin by showing us how sinful we are, and thus we are condemned by it. You see, when we take this moment, when we take this, this this as a whole, when we look at it, and we're talking about this idea of sin and death, and, but you know, also looking at the beauty that we don't have to be held into this. We don't have to be wrapped up in this death. Because for us as Christians, those that believe in Christ, those that will, will die in him, if you will, we have eternal hope. We have a hope beyond that. But I also want to want to just take a moment and, and really look at this with, with a clear perspective. Because we can't be those type of people. We can't be a, a Christian, if you will, that reads this passage and we're like, great for me. You know, it's good that I have victory. It's great that death doesn't have a sting for me. I don't have to worry about it because I have Jesus Christ. And, and, and because of that, I'm excited. And we should be excited, but that excitement should spur us on to something. Because while, when we look at this idea of broken and beautiful, the beautiful part of, of death doesn't doesn't have any pro, any hold on us. This idea that, that the enemy of death is overcome, that we need to celebrate that. But how do we do that? How do we look at this? You know, this last part, thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Victory even over death and the grave has won, won through our Lord, who died and rose and coming again. And so as we look at this, as we think about this and how it should spur us on, it should move us to, to want to be greater. So in 1 Corinthians, the, the last verse of 1 Corinthians 15, is in 58, it says this, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And this is really the application for today. This is really what I want us to, to move forward. This is what I really want us to, to really grasp. When we think about the death, when we think about how life isn't fair, and how we need to live, and how we need to grow, and how we need to hold ourselves, Paul gives us these words, that death doesn't hold us, death doesn't have victory, that we can live with knowing that, that there's more. We have hope. But then he challenges us. Be steadfast. Be immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. What does that mean? 
Remember, we, we started this, this idea last year in 2018 that we are miracle makers, that we have the, we have the opportunity to be a blessing, to be a miracle to others. And that's part of what it's talking about. That's the Lord's work. When we are the hands and feet of Jesus, when we are the ones that are able to answer, answer the prayers of others by being there, by doing things, by being a blessing, that's the things we need to know. Um, also, in last year's message, and one of the last year's messages, Pastor Eric talked about being hope dealers, that we need to deal in hope. And that's our job. When we're presenting the gospel and teaching it to others, yes, we need to, to be honest and say, yes, there is, there's a heaven and a hell. And yes, sin will, sin will, will cause us to, if we don't have repentance, we don't accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then we will go to hell. We have to be honest with that. But there's a way to present that with love and grace and mercy because Jesus died on the cross. Why? So that we don't have to have that. So that we can have hope. So that we can celebrate that death is defeated. You know, one of my favorite quotes, and, and, and I'm kind of wrapping up here, is this, it's from Charles Spurgeon, and, and I think it's in the notes. It says, it says this, and, and it just, this has impacted me for years. And I want to challenge you that, that as we are wrapping up, as I'm wrapping up this idea, and as we look at the broken part, death, it's horrible, it's sad. But the beautiful part is, because of Jesus' death, we have victory. But how do we live that life? Charles Spurgeon says this, If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exer exertions. Let no one go unwarned and unprayed for. That's it. That, that, that's our mandate here. Charles Spurgeon hit the nail on the head. Let no one go unwarned. Let no one go unprayed for. If we truly are going to be miracle makers, if we are going to affect change in our community and in our world, in our families, that means that we need to be people of prayer. It means we need to take time and pray for those that need to, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that need to know that Jesus Christ came and died so that they don't have to live in their sin. But also we have to, we could be miracle makers. We have to take that opportunity to know that life is sometimes unfair. People lose jobs. People have car accidents. People get sick. We have snowstorms and there's parts of this country where there's no power because of the snowstorm. And so how do we as miracle makers reach out to them? We help them. And we need to be doing that in our own lives. So today, as I, I want to wrap up in prayer here in a moment, there's a couple other things I want to talk about, but as I wrap up in prayer here today, I want to jump on this, this idea that the broken part of this world is we will die and life ain't fair. It's just not. But the beautiful part is death has been defeated by Jesus. And because of that, we have victory. And when if someone has victory, if you've watched any sporting event, People jump up and down, people scream, people get excited about it. So should we be excited in the fact that death doesn't have sting over us. Death will not have victory over us. But in our victory, we need to reach out to others and let them know of their need of Jesus Christ. Let's take a moment and pray.